Your top stories on Blitz this hour. Chelsea beat Liverpool for a spot in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Groups drawn for the second edition of the UEFA Nations League. The latest local and international cricket news. The Blitzbox touchdown in Canada for the Vancouver Sevens. And destination Doha for the Qatar Masters. Off the back of their first Premier League defeat of the season, Liverpool travels to Stamford Bridge to take on Chelsea for a spot in the FA Cup quarter-finals. The Reds immediately looked to make amends for their slip-up over the weekend as Sadio Mane took aim at the home side's goal. Chelsea slowly warmed up to the occasion, with William determined to get the Blues going. The Brazilian penned his name on the score sheet at the second time of asking. Well, they have broken through, and Adrian has to look at himself. William, this time, can take the congratulations. Kepa Arizabalaga started in goal for the host for the first time since January and showed manager Frank Lampard exactly why he would like to be the Blues' number one once again with multiple close-range saves to keep Liverpool scoreless. Mason Mount came close to doubling Chelsea's lead in the second half, but it was Ross Barkley who gave the London side the insurance goal they were searching for. Adrian managed to keep the scoreline respectable, making two key saves for the visitors, first denying Pedro, and then palming Olivier Giroud's close-range effort onto the frame of the bar a few minutes later. Chelsea advanced to the last eight and inflicted a third defeat in four matches for Jurgen Klopp's side. Skybet Championship leaders West Bromwich Albion got a taste of the opposition they could potentially face in the Premier League next season when they hosted Newcastle United in Round 5 FA Cup action. Both sides threatened with attempts that were worth more than their strikes, however were either stopped by the goal frame or brilliant goalkeeping. This until Miguel Almiron broke the deadlock to put Newcastle ahead. Almiron doubled his and the Magpies lead for a healthy advantage on the stroke of half-time. The teams had hardly made their way back from the locker room when 2B came 3 for Newcastle, Valentino Lazaro with the final touch. What followed was an improved second-half performance for West Brom, warranted by a goal. Matt Phillips assisted by Kenneth Zahor. And Zahor turned from provider to score a deep into injury time as he gave the Baggies a last bit of hope. However, there was no time to complete a comeback. Newcastle 3-2 victors. The last time Reading and Sheffield United faced off in the FA Cup, the hosts were 4-0 victors over their then 30-year opponents. Sheffield now the Premier League side against their Skybet Championship hosts at Medieski Stadium immediately showed how the tide had turned considerably since that 2013 meeting. And so too for Osborne, signed last summer from Nottingham Forest. Great cross, goal! David McGoldrick, really fine cross from Osborne. You have to question the Reading defending. And McGoldrick was unmarked to plant his header. McGoldrick's strike looked to be the solitary goal of the half until Andy Rinomota was fouled in the Blades penalty area. Spot kick awarded and George Pushka stepped up to confidently convert. Ben Osborne found McGoldrick in the Reading box for the best chance of the second half. McCaldrick's head could not find the goal for a repeat of the first to keep the scores level and force extra time. 
This is where Sheffield's club captain made sure their name would be in the hat for the quarter-final draw. In behind here, Robinson, he's onside. That's the kind of ball that Sharp should have delivered. Running repel Sheffield United for now, but for how much longer? No longer, because there is Billy Sharp, sharp as a blade. Chelsea handed Liverpool a second consecutive defeat to book their place in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, while Newcastle and Sheffield United also progressed. The quest for spots in the last eight rolls on, Tottenham Hotspur, Manchester City and Leicester City will all be in action. West Ham again, and West Ham go in front. Jared Bowen starting in the Premier League for the first time. McCarthy can't claim, and Allah has bundled the ball in. Antonio! And West Ham have gathered all three points. He's quite powerful, um, quick. Uh, he's got really good left foot, like strong left foot. Uh, very mobile player, so I think, uh, yeah, he'll be good for us, that's for sure. Uh, like manager said, I think uh, at this time, especially, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't want to put him under too much pressure, so he tries to bring him. Uh, slowly, slowly into the game, but, but for sure he'll play a uh, very important part in in our season. Um, and you can see he has uh, a lot of quality about him. Alexander Arnold touched in by Mane, and Liverpool lead 3 2. Fabianski committed himself, and once it went past him, West Ham were outnumbered and vulnerable. This season has been like a strange one because, apart from Liverpool, uh, all the big teams, there's not much of a big difference gap uh, between between like lower or smaller teams, so-called, than, than the bigger ones. Uh, so this season has been like a tricky one and uh, many teams have struggled. We, we're not really able to continue after we've had a, like a good result. So, so I think there's something, a bit of a finding balance again, because uh, after one good result, the next one it's always been bad to us and then again we continue with the bad run of results and I think we have to turn it around a bit and then just making sure that there are games where maybe we cannot win but, but at least try to get something out of the game. I think we should look at, uh, as, at ourselves as a, as a group, as a team, uh, where I think we, we had a good start to the season and then I think we should push on for that but, but, but we didn't do that and uh, I think uh, at one point we got punished for uh, for maybe you know finding ourselves in a good spot maybe relaxing a bit and then then obviously in this league uh, the feelings will, will quickly turn against you if you, if you, if you start to, to, to relax a bit more we need to push really hard to, to get Barca's out of this trouble and then finish in a, in a good position Match day 29 in the Premier League will kick off with Liverpool looking to bounce back from their first league defeat of the season. And the highlight of the weekend fixtures will be the Manchester derby as City visit United at Old Trafford. Countries around Europe discovered their fate as the draw for the UEFA Nations League took place in Amsterdam ahead of the tournament beginning in September with a new format. There have been several changes from the inaugural event. There will now be four teams in each group in the top three divisions. In League A, holders Portugal were drawn in Group 3 in what is arguably considered the group of death in the top tier. It also features world champions France, Sweden and Croatia. 
semi-finalists England will have a tough match against Belgium, but Denmark and Iceland shouldn't prove too difficult for Gareth Southgate's men. In League B, Group 1 features Romania, Northern Ireland, Norway and Austria. Former European champions Greece have been pitted against Moldova, Slovenia and Kosovo in League C. League D comprises two groups only. The group stage will take place between September 2020 and March 2021. Second leg round of 16 UEFA Champions League ties kick off when Tottenham travel to Leipzig and Atalanta go to Valencia. Meanwhile, Liverpool and Paris will need to overturn deficits against Atletico and Dortmund. UEFA President Alexander Cheferin is confident that the European football governing body can deal with any worst-case scenario in relation to the upcoming Euro 2020 as the continent battles to contain the spread of the coronavirus. Look, we, you even don't know how many concerns we have when we organize a big competition. And we organize now a competition in 12 countries. We have security concerns, we have uh, political instability concerns, especially in 12 countries. And one of the concerns is also that uh, virus. Uh, we are dealing with it and we are confident that we can, we can deal with it. The Italian capital Rome is one of 12 venues across the continent set to host matches at the European Championship in June and July. UEFA do not want to overreact and are dealing with the situation on a case-by-case -case basis. We do not want to start uh, speculating in this stage. We would like to deal with it seriously, case by case, involving the different stakeholders, as we said, governments and the other leagues, the clubs, and take our decisions case by case. We do not want to start speculating what will happen in three or four months' time. Juventus are due to host Lyon in Turin in the second leg of their Champions League last 16 tie on March 17. And that game could also be played behind closed doors. But FIFA president Gianni Infantino has called for calm in the midst of the epidemic. It seems these days you cannot uh, have a speech or uh, speak to anyone without mentioning coronavirus. Some of you are having to take some important decisions in this respect, every competition organizer has to study it, of course, and has to take decisions. Important is, uh, of course, always the cooperation with the authorities, but also not to panic, of course. There are some exciting matches lined up for match day 27 in La Liga. Atletico Madrid clashing with Sevilla, while Barcelona will look to bounce back from the El Clasico defeat when they take on Real Sociedad. Bulukwane City will make the tough trip to the Herikwala Stadium to take on Maritzburg United when the APSA Premiership resumes. Black Leopards will be involved in yet another Limpopo derby, this time against Baroka. And it will be top versus bottom when Kaiser Chiefs host Amazulu. The Proteas lead the three-match ODI series after a convincing 74-run win in Paul. But the hosts are under a bit of pressure, having found themselves in a similar position only to falter more than once during the summer. Yeah, obviously the first game's gone. We did, there was an exceptional effort from the team all round. Andre Klaassen batted superbly and obviously Lungi bowled exceptionally well. But 
we will take off the positives from the previous game and build on any areas where we, where we can improve and we'll start this as a new game and a new start to the series I think for us in order to play consistent uh, cricket it's important that we start every new game like it's the first game of the series to help us going towards uh, sort of you know winning series back to back opposed to going 1-0 and then fall, falling back towards the back end. There is however much for South Africa to be pleased about. A tight bowling performance led by Lungingiri, Heinrich Klassen's maiden ODI century and a second successive 50 in the format for David Miller suggests Mark Boucher's team is in decent shape with bat and ball. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Kuni has been a stalwart of our batting lineup for a long time, but it just showed that, you know, with the youngsters in our side, like Carl Verena in his first uh, debut uh, match, put his hand up and scored a vital, crucial 48, and David Miller with his experience and also Heinrich Klassen. He's played a handful of international games, but the maturity that he showed in the innings and uh, that he played and how he paced himself made him feel like he, you know, he's belonged there for a long time. So I think, I think we're sort of coming out that phase where it's not a one-man team. We play together as a team and everyone's putting their hand up in various games, which is really important and really positive for us going forward. Forecasts predict hot, dry conditions and the pitch in Mangaung, which is the biggest outfield in the country, is typically slow. The second one-day international between South Africa and Australia will be live from the Mangaung Oval in Bloemfontein. As always, your World of Champions brings you all the ball-by-ball -ball action. Bangladesh once again chose to have a bet when they faced Zimbabwe in ODI number two. Looking to amass another mammoth total, the hosts had collected 38 quick runs by the time they lost the first wicket. Lytton does first to walk for a 14-ball nine. Najmul Hussein also failed to hit double figures. Tamim Iqbaldo was a man on a mission. His half-ton coming off 42 deliveries, 10 boundaries later. Mushfika Rahim also started to look dangerous at the other end as they eased Bangladesh past a century of runs. Mushfika also needed less than a runner ball for his 50 and had just raised his bat when he was third man out. The 87-run stand ended by Tinotenda Mutombozi, who took a fine catch in the deep of the bowling of Wesley Madavere. 152 for three. It was all about Iqbal though. At a strike rate of 94, he had his 12th ODI ton, his first since July 2018. While he lost Mahamadula for 41, Iqbal notched up his 150 runs, eventually going past his previous best of 154. A fine knock that lasted 136 deliveries was eventually ended in the 46th over, out for 158. After posting 321 in the first game, Bangladesh this time climaxed at 322. The visitors needed to be better with the bat than they were in the 169-run defeat of ODI number one, but lost Richard Takava in the fourth over with only 15 runs on the board. Brendan Taylor and Tinashe Kamunukamwe tried to be fluent in a brief stand of 29, ended by some fine piece of fielding by Merez. Taylor gone all before the 10th over. The loss of Sean Williams further hurt Zimbabwe's ambitions. Those that remained were preserved by Kamunukamwe, who kept counter-punching 64 fighting deliveries for his half-century. 19-year-old Madavera, his aide, and his half-century coming in the 23rd over. But the drinks break that followed seemed to have disrupted his momentum as he was dismissed two deliveries later. It was then left to Sikanda Raza to try and get Zimbabwe over the line. With 12 runs of the first four deliveries of the 42nd over, he tried to add six more, but only succeeded in slashing the ball straight to third man. 
Donald Tiripano tried his best, claiming the fourth 50 of his side's innings. But it wasn't enough, as Zimbabwe fell four runs short, going 2-0 down in the three-match series. Before the one-day internationals, one could make the claim that Sri Lanka and the Windies were relatively evenly matched. And even though the Windies are defending T20 World Champions and Sri Lanka still have to qualify for the main draw, they aren't so far apart in the shortest format. The men in Maroon have failed to win each of their last five T20 series. Of their last eight, a sequence that stretches back to July 2018, they've only won one. What is almost beyond doubt, however, is that they possess greater firepower with the bat and have a greater number of game-changing players. Sri Lanka, who were thrashed in T20 internationals in both India and Australia in recent months, will hope that the confidence gained from the ODI whitewash will roll on into the T20 series. Sri Lanka and the Windies turn their attentions to the shortest format of the game. You can catch all the action from the first T20 international on your World of Champions.